Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Floor and Decor. Largest selection of hard surface flooring and lowest prices guaranteed. Chris and Plano, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hey, how's it going? Uh, just had a quick question. I'm trying to get a new 16-seer system for our, our house, and uh, the contractor is offering a mana or Linux, and I wanted to know your opinions on both. Boy, that's a, a wide range of uh, systems there because, uh, yeah, Linux is a a Tier 1-type system. A mana is you know way down on that totem pole. So if I was looking at those two systems, without question, I'd jump on Linux. Okay, that's what I needed to know. Thank you. You bet. Take care. And, you know, a a lot of people don't realize that there is a difference in the AC units. You know, they'll start start comparing a, uh, you know, well, in this case, a Lennox and a Mana or a a Lennox and a a Goodman and and stuff. And, and, And there's nothing wrong with any of the systems, but there is a difference in the construction quality and materials used in the components. And, you know, your top-tier Linux, American Standard, Carrier, uh, you know, those those type of systems are going to be your top-tier systems. Then we get down into uh, Ream and RUD and, and systems like those. Then we drop down into the Amana, Goodman, and, and some of those other systems like that. And again, all of them will do you a job. The differences that you start here getting on, on them typically is uh, longevity. Usually the top tiers do last longer, but there's cases where I hear even some of the, the lower tier systems lasting 25 and 30 years. Quietness is a huge one. I, I can tell you, I, I've got the... American standard variable speed, you never hear my units running. It, it is just whisper quiet in the house. Uh, you know, so the, the fan motors and things like that, there is a difference. And so that's that's really what what you're looking at when you're, you're buying these systems. And believe it or not, some of the warranty differences are night and day as well on the systems themselves, so, you know, from the manufacturer. So you, you'll always want to check that out as well. We're going to head out to Joshua. Lance, you're up first, as promised. How can I help you? Yes, sir. It's good to talk to you. I have a AC question. My air conditioner unit is up in the attic, and it's got a drain plug right above the window on the outside. I've never seen before, but now it's a constant drip, and I know that has to mean something. It does. Uh, your drain pan... Uh, your 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 regular drain for the AC is plugged, and so you're getting water into the drain pan, which is draining outside, uh, and that's to tell you that your primary drain line needs to be cleared out. Okay, so that's nothing major then. Okay. Nope, no. As long as you go ahead and get it done, because otherwise the drain primary or your secondary drain can start having issues, then it'll start leaking in on the ceiling. Okay, yeah, it's been going on for about a month now, and uh, I'll get up there and clean that out then. Yep, yeah, and, you know, typically the way they clean them out is to just blow them out with air, and then if you'll dump some bleach down in there periodically, 
uh, it'll help keep it cleaned out. And that's going to be up in the attic where I need to pour the bleach down. And y- yes, sir. Yeah, you'll you'll okay. see the little uh, three quarter inch PVC pipe that comes out of the AC unit. Okay. And typically there'll be an area that a uh, pipe either stands up and some have caps, some don't, but uh, it'll it'll be a riser that you can dump the bleach down into. Okay. Jim, I sure do appreciate it. I love your show. I listen to you every weekend. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. You have a great weekend. Hello, Greg. Welcome to WBAP. How can I help you? Hi, Jim. Thank you for taking my call. Jim, I've got a 1981 uh, ranch-style home, 2,300 square feet, and it's on a slab. Uh, I know that it's – I think it's got post-tension in it because I can see the cable or the – you know, where the ends are uh, secured at each end. Now, like, say, for example, my home is 100 feet long and 50 feet deep, and I see those cables at both ends of the slab at the 100-foot long. Uh-huh. Um, typically, how is the post tension? Is it just uh, that's at the front of the home? Is there another one in the rear? Yes. Yeah. The way the way those things work is when the form is being put together, uh, the cable is run at that time. One end is nailed on the inside of the form. The other end kind of uh, passes through, and so when it's finished, when they pull the forms, the one end stays flush with the concrete. They just cover it over with some skim coat the other end is the the end that gets tensioned up a week after the concrete is poured then that cable is cut and there's a cup there and that gets filled in with the mortar in order to hide it but you'll typically still see the little round circle yeah i guess that's what i'm seeing then the cup in perfect and jim do they do that on the the depth side too the 50 foot with yes, you know, sir. do they do it that way as well or just the length of the home or oh, on all bo- both directions okay and jim in your business or experience have you ever seen one fail or a slab that's cracked and pulled that busted that tension absolutely that cable? absolutely but i've been doing this for over 40 years well gosh i'm pushing 45 years now doing this so i've i see all the good bad and ugly of everything <laughs> Uh, okay, okay. Is it is it common for the cables to fail? No, but it, it, quite frankly, when they started doing these post-tension cables, the big selling point was, uh, oh, the tension will keep your foundation from failing, and if should an area ever sag, they can grab onto these cables, stretch it out, and lift it back up. That does not happen. Uh, it's no different than a rebar slab. It, when it When the soil moves and it doesn't have support under it, you got to underpin it, pick it back up. Uh, but as as far as it being a problem, no, it's not. A, it's not a big problem. Okay. Well, Jim, where I was heading with that was, yeah, recently uh, we had an issue with our foundation. I'll, I'll be calling your company, but I wanted to let you know on on the width side of my home, uh, I had piers like halfway down uh, uh-huh. because that's time when it was done uh you know 10 years ago they didn't see any movement at the back side so they stopped halfway well recently in my home uh we felt something uh break or crunch in our slab and now that uh we go outside and we see a, a section of it uh is lifted has lifted up we can see the dirt level on the side of the slab 
And now uh-huh. we're seeing the uh, effects inside, uh, you know, uh, the trim, the uh, what do you, baseboard. We can see space at the baseboard. It looks sure. like our, part of our foundation lifted up. Have, have you seen this phenomenon before? You can have heave of a foundation, but typically the soil is what's heaving and, and causing it unless it has a, you know, drilled pier or something like that under it and there's a massive moisture change in the soil down below in an isolated area, then it can pick up one area that way. Uh, but, it. no, it's not, it's not a normal thing. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. Ken, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. How can I help you? Thanks for taking my call. I had a question for you on air conditioning. Uh-huh. So I was just curious uh, what you think about the uh, geothermal systems. You know, I've I've looked into geothermal in, in the past, and I think it's a great system. You just got to be aware of there are some some issues if you go with a geothermal that you're going to deal with. Um, okay, what's that? One, not everybody can work on it. it, it you're going to oh. be limited to the, the type of people who can come in and service and work on the system. Two, okay. it is extreme, and it, this is true with all air conditioning systems. Though that uh, it's it's extremely critical how it's put in. Uh, the geothermal work off of you know the the typically pits that are drilled or, or wells that are drilled into the ground. Uh, unless you got okay. one, it's going to work off the lake water. Well. What they found here in Texas is if they don't go deep enough with those wells, it literally scorches the earth. And originally they were trying to go 200 feet, and they found that wasn't deep enough. And so a lot of them have to go like 400 feet deep in order to not be scorching the earth. That gets really expensive. Uh, Now, is that – do they put uh, – like tubing down there that goes down and comes back up or yes these are wells that just go down no they, they it, it's it's a loop system that goes down and and back up and what they do okay. is a, most of the time it's a drilled hole that then has a uh, fluid gel like stuff that's put in around those tubing and mm-hmm. what what happens is the ground itself has a pretty constant temperature and so it absorbs right. the heat that comes out well if they get those wells too close together or not deep enough it literally will bake that ground and then the system doesn't operate properly because it's got no place to disperse the heat so um, yeah and then the third item that you got to look at is what's the energy efficiency you know the sear rating uh, because Mm -hmm. the regular air conditioning systems have gotten so energy efficient They've been closing the gap on the geothermal, especially oh, really? especially when you look at the uh, ductless systems. Uh, some of those surpass kind of geothermal. Uh, the ductless. Okay. Oh, ductless, okay. Yeah. Right. So they put like a little unit in each room that well, works on a single can, outside unit? E- correct. And uh, those things have become so energy efficient that some of those are are now surpassing 
what geothermal energy efficiency is. And so it becomes way more cost effective to deal with that rather than geothermal. Okay. Are you on a regular residential lot or you, or you got room? No. I've got five acres. Then a geothermal may be a, a, a great fit for you. Uh, like I say, I love the systems. It's just uh, modernists have, have caught up to them and they're not as energy efficient, over the top energy efficient as they used to be. And they just circulate water, is that correct? It, it's it's not pure water. It's a, it's a gelatin it's type. Like a, it's it's got other stuff in it. Yes. Okay. It's a liquid. Maybe a glycol water mix. Or correct. Something. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, that's what I need to know. I appreciate you uh, giving me that information. Let's head to Missouri City. Jack, this is Jim. How can I help you? Hey, Jim. How you doing, man? Wonderful. I have a question for you. This may be out of your realm of expertise, but I've noticed in my backyard in several places the earth is just beginning to just sink. Yep. Can what what can I do about that? Water it. Is that right? That's what the problem is. Yeah, these soils, as they dry out, they shrink. When they get wet, they'll expand again, not as much as they were the time before. Now, there are other things that will cause sinking soils, like if there's a drain pipe through there that has a leak, it can be washing material out, different things like that. But right now, uh, it is just wreaking havoc with the soils, the drought we've been going through. And what you will notice when you go through the dry and wet cycles, your yard mm-hmm. will begin to do what's called buffalo, uh, buffaloing. Because back when the ground was plains and buffaloes ran through, they would roll on the ground and you had low and high spots and stuff. And mm-hmm. it, the, the soil will actually start doing that on its own from expansion and contraction. And so it, it makes it almost kind of wavy, like when you're looking out on the ocean or something. Okay. So just start watering it. Yep. Now, okay. ag- again, there could yep. be some other things. If it's really isolated to just single spots where, with just a, a real small indention, then it could be something from a pipe uh, uh, or Now, these, or these, these areas are like maybe three feet in diameter uh-huh some places like four four feet in diameter yep yeah it sounds like the yard is starting to to do the buffaloing and so start watering it and it'll it'll help minimize that rosemary how can i help you hi i have a laundry area off the hallway the air conditioning runoff drains into the same pipe Algae is formed in that pipe. And for $1,700, I can have the air conditioning line rerouted. And I ask, how does that get rid of the algae? He said it dries up and flakes off. How, how does that work when the washer water runs through the line? Um, is there an algae killer you can put through that pipe and get rid of the algae? Yeah, even just putting bleach through it on a regular basis will kill off the algae and keep it gone. He told me that. He said, you can put all the Clorox you want through there and it won't work. 
Yeah, he's full of it. So, how, uh, I don't... <laughs> I thought so, that's why I'm calling you. Um, <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to comment on that. <laughs> well, I'm 84, and I'm not going to let anyone take advantage of me, so there. <laughs> yeah. You, you, okay. It, uh, yeah, you, so you, you, is I your line still that, working? Oh, yeah, but that's what I'm afraid of, is it'll back up and... You know, and, and water won't get through there. Now, he yeah. did show me, he put a camera in there, and I did see it, or mm-hmm. I saw something. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to tell you, these on. cameras, uh, and I, I've got, I don't know, three or four cameras now in, in my plumbing department, but people use them for the wrong reason to scare people into doing stuff. Um, I know. Your, your, your line, if, because this is your, your washing machine discharge line as well you said so it's large enough that a snake can be run through that line to clear it out and then keep it cleared out with bleach the the algae and stuff can't grow in bleach water and so it just sounds like he's trying to sell you something you don't need unless there's a broken line in there then then you gotta start looking at it but if it's not broken if all it is is algae has grown up clean it out well, how do I, how do, how do I clean it out, or do I call someone to clean it out? Call, call my do office. Do in the it, washer? No, you don't. Yeah, you don't. I mean, you can just run it without uh, uh, clothes in it. You because you got to you. You typically want to use more bleach than what you're going to get in your laundry. The, the last question, and thank you sure. so much. Should should I have that air conditioning? Drain rerouted. No, because you're you're going to either drop it into that, or you're going to drop it into uh, the p trap under the exactly. Yeah, so uh, I like it going into that bigger line that way because you don't have to worry about it as much. The line that will typically back up is going to be the small line coming from the AC, not the bigger line that it goes into. Okay. All right. Well, I've taken enough of your time. I yeah, you're just it. fine, Rosemary. You take care. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And, and, and you know, real quick before I jump to this next call, look, so many service companies work their guides under the premise: you don't sell something, you don't make anything. If you're plumbers, your AC guys, and and service company people like that are strictly on commercial or on uh, commission they've got to sell you something to make a living and if they don't sell enough the company fires them so you got to take some of that with a grain of salt if somebody's being paid that way uh, this comes from Kim in Houston she says I'm going to remodel my house and I want to have the vaulted ceiling in the living room around 14 foot the living room is around 500 square foot can you please let me know what kind of insulation I should use. Spray foam, bad insulation, or blown-in insulation for a vaulted ceiling area. Do I need radiant barrier for a vaulted ceiling area? I'm also going to install a sliding glass door. It is about 9 foot high and 15 foot in length. My friend said I need to increase the AC tonnage due to the higher ceiling. 
and new sliding glass door. Is it correct? Well, you definitely want to get a heat load calculation done uh, to verify what you got going. Uh, and I say that because the you know the the vaulted ceiling is going to add a little square footage. The sliding glass door can actually add heat load on the house because depending on how your walls are insulated, the sliding glass door may not be insulated as well as the walls. And I know a lot of people are saying, oh, no, walls always more insulated. Well, that depends on the age of the home. You know, if you're dealing with a home that was built in the 50s, there's no insulation in the walls. So you put a sliding glass door in that's, uh, you know, double pane and, and got the low E glass and everything, it may be better insulated than the walls. So there there are some things that you have to take a look at. Um, so what I would suggest first on the vaulted ceiling, just did one at my son's house. Uh, in fact, it's on the TV show. We had two by six up there, so we put uh, a radiant barrier first. I used the Energy Q radiant barrier. That's what I always use because it can be sandwiched in behind building materials. That stops the heat transfer. And then we put in R19 bat insulation. Now, you can use spray foam insulation if you want, but that's going to be substantially more expensive. Uh, but inch for inch, spray foam does give you the highest R value of any insulation. But with the radiant barrier and the bat insulation, we're going to have all we need on there. But like I said, in, in the situation you're going to be dealing with, I would do a load calculation. I seriously doubt based on what we just talked about that you're going to need to up the size of the air conditioner at this time unless it was undersized to begin with and if it was then yes you may have to to up the AC but uh, typically you should be okay as long as that uh, door you're putting in is going to be of high energy efficient materials. Brandon this is Jim how can I help you? Hey good afternoon Jim how are you sir? Doing great how about you? Good, good. Thanks for taking my call. Had a question about house wrap. I'm, I'm building a house with one of the reputable custom home builders in the Plano, Texas area. And it's a single story, 2,400 square feet, new build. And I'm, I'm torn right now because some of the other houses in the development are using the zip systems like OSB backboard. And there's yeah. also some houses that are being used, that are being built with the, like the T-ply, which I swear is more or less just cardboard with a water-resistant barrier. Yeah. I've seen some houses in the same development, same builder, that intermix both kinds and they're telling me that's what the engineer calls for but i'm just having a hard time believing it so wanted to talk to an expert like you and kind of get your input and feedback yeah the engineers do call for different things like that and you know the unfortunate thing is oh man you're gonna get me in trouble here now with the engineers <laughs> uh what, what happens is the engineers get hooked on one thing the, you know, somebody comes out and tells them how great this is. They they go through seminar classes and and all this stuff, and that's what they all want to switch to because the book says it does this. In practical experience, it doesn't always do that. But uh, you know, the the zip wall would be fine, uh, and and quite frankly, any one of those systems would be fine. So mixing them is not an issue. Uh, on some other things, it can be a bigger issue, but. Uh, on on the items you were just talking about, it's all better than the way we used to do it, which was to just put that particle board up, 
didn't seal it at all. We had a lot of air infiltration. And really, that's all they're trying to do is minimize the air infiltration for a better insulation. Okay. Well, that helps you feel a lot better about it because I just feel the zip systems of the OSB backboard versus cardboard in between the, you know, the, I guess the, the bones of the house, the wood, it, it just, I feel like the, the zip system is going to be far superior. But you would yeah, know. and what you, what you normally see is it, when they mix them, you, you'll see that they're putting the zip system around the corners and then in the middle of longer runs is where they go with the the other system because it's less expensive. Uh, by putting it on the corners, they're stiffening up the structure to make it basically a stronger structure. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Now, if I was doing it myself and I had a choice, I would do it with the solid board all the way around. The, basically, the zip system. So, uh, because that's that's going to be the stiffest way. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll take you on your words. I know you know, and then I'll, I'll try not to cringe when I see them intermixing systems and brands and all. I guess, <laughs> I guess they're doing what they need to do, and you know, I, I thought it might be a supply shortage or something thing, and they're just kind of grabbing what they can get. But I guess in the end, it's just what they need to do. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Well, you take care. Well, I appreciate your time, sir. Bye bye. Susie, this is Jim. How can I help you? Hi, Jim. What is your opinion? We are having to have our. Uh, Sewer lines replaced from the house out to the street. It does go underneath part of the driveway. And we've got a quote for sort of a conventional uh, trenching. But Uh we've also heard advertisements for pipe bursting, which we know nothing about. And just kind of wanted your input on that, whether it was truly financially less or it was better to do that route. Just know nothing about it. Well, it, it, the, it, whether it's financially less, uh, I can't answer that question uh, because each project has to be looked at on an individual basis, uh, but mm-hmm. it does work. Uh, it's been done for years. Uh, you know, on bigger sewer lines like city mains and stuff, they call it slip lining. been done for decades already. Uh, it's just been scaled down in the last, oh, 10 years or so for doing residential uh, nothing wrong with doing a straight run. I don't like it where they where there's anything that ties into it, like uh, T's and Y's and stuff like that, because those just don't get detailed the way they should. But for a straight run like the yard line that way, it is totally fine. Now, okay. with that being said, you got to run cameras through the line first and make sure it doesn't have bellies in it because if it has bellies in the old line you got bellies in the new one as well okay that helps a whole bunch and lets us feel a little bit more comfortable with what the options are thank you you bet take care bye-bye and you know the, the problem with the bellies is solids will sit in the bellies and build up and it can be nothing more than even sand building up but the solids will build up in bellies and eventually start choking the line and that's where you end up getting a plug so if it's got a belly in it this will not fix the belly that's where you are going to have to dig it up and and redo it the old-fashioned way so just a, a little side note there david in dallas how can i help you hey jim uh appreciate you taking my call i have a ranch 
that was built in 2000, and all the bedrooms are on one side. And what I'm trying to do is to bump out the two bedrooms on the front of the house about 10 feet. Okay. And uh, give my kids that when we moved in were little and now they're bigger and they need more space and walk-in closets and that sort of thing. And uh, their two rooms together are about 29, 30 feet across. And uh, it's just uh, one of the bedrooms is a gable roof. The other is a hip roof on, on the end. And I've gotten two estimates, and they are couldn't be more different. <laughs> one is 35000 roughly, and the other is 75000 for the exact same work. It's hardy board. I just don't understand, um, but I'm I'm not comfortable with either now because they're so different. Sure. Now, are both of them tying the roofs the same way and everything? Yeah, both of them are extending the gable out and then just, uh, you know, um, extending the putting a hip roof, you know, on for okay. the, the on the on the one on the end of the house. One story, I want to keep the exact same elevation. Right. Um, and what will be the size of the addition? Well, it's going to be 30, figure 30 by 10, so between the two rooms, it'll be 300 square feet. Okay. Yeah, let me just do a little. Okay. I, I will tell you, the 35,000 guy is too cheap. The 70,000 guy uh, he's kind of in line with what the cost of construction is right now for new construction. And remodeling typically is a little higher than new construction. But I will also tell you those numbers have been coming down a little bit, you know, because uh, new construction is slowing down. A lot of the guys who moved from remodeling to new construction, because it is easier, are now having to revert back into remodeling just to make a living as uh, new construction is slowing down with the economy change. So I think you'll see these numbers coming down in the next six months. And I, I'm kind of, you know, prior to COVID, when everybody got into this uh, remodeling craze, uh, you were able to do a remodeling job at basically, a, you know, 125 uh, maybe up to $150 a square foot. Okay. We shot all the way up to 275 and I'm really expecting it to come back down to the 175 mark. So if you've got a little time, I would hold off just a, a few more months, and I think you'll see it coming down. Uh, you know, it, The other thing is, if the kids want more room, tell them to buy their own house. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, but... You know, I've had that conversation with my wife and said, look, these <laughs> kids will be gone in a few in a few years. Let's put the money into the master for crying out loud. Yeah. Um, because I know that masters sell houses. But, um, you know, happy, happy wife, happy life, Jim. I keep being told that, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to learn that. But, you know, I've only been married 38 years, so, you know, uh, I'm slow. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.